The U.S. is keeping a closer eye on investment in China. A new move could keep billions of U.S. dollars away from the communist country. Rare earths, key elements for the production of weapons. China dominates the market, but the U.S. is taking steps to change that. Is China's zero-COVID-19 policy really for the well-being of the people? A new report suggests otherwise. Russian-Chinese relations are at an all-time high and still improving. That's based on a recent phone call between the two leaders. Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. The U.S. may be keeping a closer eye on money flowing from U.S. companies into China, especially in some key sectors. A group of bipartisan lawmakers are pushing to screen American investment to China, a move that could potentially cut off billions of U.S. dollars pouring into the communist country. Proposed legislation would set up an oversight panel, allowing the federal government to review investment into China. If passed, American companies would need to disclose new investments in certain industries, including pharmaceuticals and semiconductors, also known as microchips. The proposal is part of a larger bill aimed at securing supply chains. Business groups in the Treasury Department are questioning the proposal, but House leaders are pushing for a vote before the July 4th recess. Washington is testing out a new step forward in reducing its reliance on China. The U.S. is building one of its very first domestic rare earth processing facilities. The U.S. Department of Defense signed a $120 million deal this week with Australia's Ninus Rare Earths. It's part of Washington's push to counter China's dominance in rare earth supply chains. Rare earth elements are vital to making certain military equipment. They're also used for components in electric vehicles, wind turbines, fiber optic cables, and consumer electronics. The Australian company will export rare earths mined and refined in Australia to the U.S. Then the elements will be processed for commercial use. There is concern that without these facilities, the U.S. could be cut off from critical minerals if relations with China deteriorate. The hope is that through this new deal, China would be bypassed entirely from the production cycle. But a new rare earths plant may be just the beginning, as the U.S. strives to counter China's mineral market dominance. The House Armed Services Committee released a draft legislation last week addressing a mineral called antimony. The mineral is essential for producing military gear and weapons, from night vision goggles to bullets to nuclear arms. China produces more antimony than any other nation worldwide, and ranking second, Russia. The U.S. has no domestic mine for the mineral on home soil, though there is antimony underground in U.S. territory. The country used to get it from an Idaho gold mine, but that mine closed in 1997. As for the bill, the draft measure would task the manager of the national defense stockpile with providing, quote, a five-year outlook of these minerals and current and future supply chain vulnerabilities. It would also mean a new Defense Department policy, recycling used batteries to reclaim, quote, precious metals, rare earth minerals and elements of strategic importance into the supply chain or U.S. strategic reserves. The House Readiness Subcommittee under the Armed Services Committee is expected to approve the draft later this week, while the full committee will push the bill forward later this month as part of its defense authorization bill. 
House Republicans are proposing a new rule, one that would block big tech from doling out social media accounts to senior Chinese Communist Party officials. The rule would apply to all U.S.-owned social media platforms. That's according to a Fox News exclusive report. The measure is called China Social Media Reciprocity Act. The would-be ban comes built with one exception. That is, when the president can certify that the CCP department or individual in question has, quote, verifiably removed prohibitions on officials of the U.S. government from accessing, using, or participating in social media platforms in China. The president's power to waive the bill would span two years, while final say lies with Congress. Fox News cited a committee aide as saying that CCP agencies need to remove all curbs that block Chinese users from accessing U.S. posted contents. That way, users in both countries will have equal access to each other's platforms. The rule would apply to all centralized organs of the Chinese Communist Party, as well as high-ranking officials from other Chinese state agencies. Before Elon Musk can launch a spaceship to Mars, he must comply with certain environmental requirements. Federal regulators announced Monday more than 75 actions he'll have to take. And the list ties into China. Hennedy's Faye Quarter has more. Elon Musk's planned Starship launch in Boca Chica, Texas, is facing heavy regulation. Regulators are forcing him to take over 75 actions to decrease environmental impact before he can take off. Starship is SpaceX's most powerful launch vehicle, taller than a football field and wider than a bus. Musk wants to use it to send people to Mars after going through the 75 actions, which include contracting a qualified biologist to conduct pre-, during-, and post-construction monitoring of vegetation and birds, conducting evening lighting inspections between 9 p.m. and 5 a.m. during sea turtle nesting season to make sure the lights don't affect the turtles, and operating an employee shuttle between Brownsville and the project site to reduce the number of vehicles on the road. The degree to which it's been taken is so extreme, uh, and there's really almost no way to justify it unless you're just really anti-impact, like you're, unless you really don't want to see things get built. Brent Bennett is policy director of Life Powered at the Texas Public Policy Foundation. Bennett says the permitting time it takes to get stuff like this done is damaging the economy. Other items include performing quarterly beach cleanups, providing improved, enhanced, or new access for fishing opportunities in the Gulf of Mexico, and participating in at least one public event every year that focuses on joint SpaceX, Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and National Park Service Mission Outreach. This is completely unnecessary, especially when one considers that SpaceX is the only thing keeping right now the United States in the space race with China. In China, they don't have to go through this sort of red tape. Brandon Weikert is a space policy expert and the author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower. Weikert believes the Biden administration is punishing Musk for being against it and having opposing views. The environmental review is only one part of the license application process. SpaceX will also have to go through FAA safety, risk, and financial responsibility requirements before Starship can take off for Mars. Fake quarter, NTD News. China and Russia expressed mutual support during a phone call on Wednesday. That's according to Chinese state media. Chinese leader Xi Jinping seems to be reasserting China's support for Russia's sovereignty and security. 
During the call, he said all parties should responsibly push for a proper settlement of the Ukraine crisis and added that China is willing to work with the Russian side to promote the steady and long-term development of bilateral pragmatic cooperation. China has refused to criticize Russia's invasion of Ukraine, accusing NATO and the West of provoking Moscow into attacking the country. Weeks before the Russian attack, Putin and Xi met in Beijing in February. In that meeting, the two leaders pushed back against U.S. pressure and declared their opposition to any kind of NATO expansion. News from the Russian side says Beijing noted that it called the legitimacy of Moscow's actions to preserve its fundamental interests in the face of security challenges created by so-called external forces. While offering implied support for Russia's invasion of Ukraine, China has sought to appear neutral and avoid possible repercussions from supporting the Russian economy with international sanctions in play. Are China's strict zero-COVID-19 measures aimed at cutting off the spread of the virus? This is what the communist regime says. But it looks like these measures may also serve another purpose. Entity's Don Ma reports. Starting about two months ago, three banks in China's central Henan province froze a number of their customers' money, totaling over $178 million. The banks won't say why it's frozen or for how long, other than that they were upgrading internal systems. It's left companies unable to pay workers and individuals unable to access savings. And this week, hundreds of people who are affected plan to go to Henan province to protest. But according to Reuters, their plans were thwarted after authorities turned their health QR codes red. It takes away their ability to use public transport and the right to travel across the country. Frank Gaffney, head of Center for Security Policy, says he was doubtful from the very start that China's zero-COVID policy was purely for the sake of people's well-being. I don't believe from the beginning, and certainly not today, uh, is the zero-COVID exclusively about public health, and probably not even substantially about public health. Those affected suggested to Reuters that their health codes were changed to red not because they came into contact with COVID, but because they were planning a protest. It's very much uh, out of the playbook of the Chinese Communist Party to use whatever opportunity presents itself to strengthen the party at the expense of uh, any possible uh, opposition. Whether it's called a digital health passport, a vaccine passport, or something else, it is about uh, the party being able to maximize its totalitarian hold on the people of China and uh, manipulating them, bending them to their will. Mr. Chen, a customer of one of the banks, says it feels like they are putting digital handcuffs on us. Another customer, factory owner Mr. Chang, cannot access his nearly $1 million deposit. In his words, not being able to withdraw money has a huge impact on the operation of our factory, including procurement and workers' wages. Don Ma, NTD News. Similar health code changes have also appeared in the east-central city of Jinzhou. There, the construction of a residential building has been suspended for eight months. Owing to the delay, homebuyers waiting to move in reported the case. That's when things turned south. One of those leading the complaint found his health code turned red just one day before his appointment with the local Bureau of Complaints. He brought the problem to his community committee. And in exchange for getting his code turned green, he was required to sign a guarantee. 
first, that he would avoid areas with high risk of infection, and second, that he won't attempt to defend his rights. Coming up, what appears to be a new target for China's censorship machine, the clip in question, a wedding video from a southwestern province. The blogger who captured the video was summoned by police shortly after sharing it online. We look at why after the break here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. China's censorship machine may have selected a new target. It appeared to target a wedding video shared online after it caught some Internet users' attention. What's more, the man that filmed the footage was also summoned by police. What about the clip sparked the reaction? Let's take a closer look. This is a wedding banquet in southwest China's Sichuan province. A video blogger went to the newlywed's house, and a man there offered him a bowl of tofu soup. <laughs> the blogger taped the video and uploaded it to Chinese social media. But beyond the celebration, internet users noticed something else. The video displays the poverty level common in China's mountainous areas. The clip reveals virtually no electronic devices or even furniture present inside the home. The blogger was later summoned by authorities, and his video was taken down. Why? A display of poverty stands in contrast with what Chinese Communist Party head Xi Jinping has said, that China has eradicated extreme poverty, something he's described as a victory that will go down in history. What are the standards for getting out of poverty across the whole country? Are these people considered to be out of poverty? What the Chinese Communist Party did was delete the video, summon the blogger and intimidate all the people involved. This is the CCP. It doesn't solve the problem. It punishes the person who raised the question. It's clear that exposing poverty was not the blogger's original intention. A pro-democracy activist says content creators in China face a difficult situation. The video bloggers in China are very frustrated and helpless. They don't know what statements they say could hit one of the Communist Party's sensitive nerves. Reports have revealed that the Chinese regime maintains an extensive list of off-limits topics, which are blocked from appearing online. The Chinese Communist regime stepping up its strict hold on the Chinese people. A report sheds light on how some citizens are rewarded for tattling on others. Here's more. China is offering its citizens cash rewards of up to $15,000. That's for tip-offs about people who, as they describe it, endanger national security. The Chinese Communist Party views national security as a broad range. It includes information about corrupt party officials, as well as human rights violations happening in China, all of which are kept largely under wraps. A number of reporters, human rights activists, and people fighting for their own rights have been arrested for allegedly endangering this version of national security. Foreign correspondents, missionaries, and NGO staff are among those who have been detained on that charge, as well as people who have studied abroad and were exposed to the influences of the free world. As for how these people are found out, the regime encourages people to report others for rule-breaking. Successful informants can receive either spiritual rewards via certificates or material rewards of cash. This is according to regulations released by the Ministry of State Security last week. 
Experts say such campaigns are destructive to society. The so-called foreign spies, enemy forces, infiltrations, these are all fabrications of the CCP in order to create an atmosphere of red terror. They make people distrust and suspect each other. They encourage people to tip each other off to authorities. This will make spy hunting and snitching a trend. Then slandering and framing will follow. For years, Chinese authorities have encouraged the public to report so-called foreign spies and their Chinese collaborators. Such efforts have ramped up under the country's current leader, Xi Jinping. Experts say the boosted spy hunt reveals authorities' nervousness about public resentment toward the top leader. Their purpose is to help Xi Jinping stabilize his power at the 20th CCP National Congress and continue to hold his position. So they use this opportunity to nip all buds of instability. They target everyone who's not on their side and any political dissidents. This is not limited to regular citizens, but also senior party officials. Their purpose is to silence people with fear and suppress any potential resistance against Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping will seek a third term during an important Chinese Communist Party Congress this October. He first came to power 10 years ago. That's after being selected by the former Communist Party leader. He was not elected by the Chinese people. The Chinese Communist Party has been working to gain key infrastructure contracts and make trade in roads in America's southern backyard, Latin America. NTD spoke with leading congress members from the region, denouncing Beijing's actions this weekend at the Brazilian edition of CPAC. Brazilian congressmen and intellectuals shared a major concern this past weekend at the country's edition of the Conservative Political Action Conference, or CPAC, that is, the Chinese Communist Party's actions in South America. Chinese companies are just a concession from the Chinese Communist Party. So at some point, at any given time, they will serve the party. And the party is a power project, an organization that seeks power. That was Paulo Eduardo Martins. He's a leading conservative representative running for Brazil's Senate this year with the blessing of President Jair Bolsonaro. China is Brazil's largest trading partner, accounting for about one-third of its exports. The South American country has been a traditional U.S. ally since World War II. It's also one of a handful of nations in the region, where Beijing has replaced Washington as the leading foreign player over the last two decades. And China's interests might extend beyond commerce, even playing a role in U.S. homeland security. Former U.S. Southern Command Chief Admiral Craig Fowler said in a congressional hearing China was looking to use infrastructure to project its own military power in our hemisphere. Here's what a Brazilian congressman had to say. We need to nurture in Brazil the idea of imposing restrictions to stop enterprises controlled by the Chinese Communist Party from getting strategic initiatives. See what's happening in Europe. We need to prepare for something very big and dangerous that might come over the world. Brazil might be at great risk with our logistics in the hands of the Chinese Communist Party. NTD also spoke with Rafael Fontana. He's the former PR director of Huawei in Brazil. The Chinese telecom giant is considered a national security threat by the U.S. Federal Communications Commission. 
Of course, the region is strategic from a military standpoint. With China's penetration in Latin America, the U.S. might, for the first time in its history, have a military threat next to its borders. What's more, NTD spoke with Senator Maria Fernanda Cabal from neighboring Colombia about the issue. If the United States doesn't give investment proposals to countries like Colombia, the Chinese will come with their money. The Chinese are the new colonizers of the world, of the third world. They did it to Africa already, and now practically the whole of Latin America is in China's grasp. Also on the event's guest list, the Brazilian president's son, Congressman Eduardo Bolsonaro. Upon hearing about the Chinese Communist Party's religious persecution, he took a stance condemning atrocities against the peaceful meditation practice Falun Dafa, targeted in China since 1999. I'm Eduardo Bolsonaro, and I oppose the Chinese Communist Party's persecution of Falun Dafa. Javier Milei, a representative and presidential candidate from Argentina, added, Before I got elected, I said I wouldn't trade with assassin regimes. I'll never push for relations with China while China remains communist and doesn't respect its citizens' freedoms. Brazil is an agricultural powerhouse. It is among the top five producers of food in the world and is number one in soybean crops. With reduced exports from Russia and Ukraine amid the war, China has been increasing business dealings and its influence in the country. In Brazil, too many people linked to agribusiness don't notice that China is making inroads in that industry, an industry it needs. It needs food. And bit by bit, they are infiltrating the food business to, at some point, strike it from within. Too many people are misled, thinking all that matters is money. Many times you can get money, but you'll lose your freedom. And after that, you might lose that money anyway, as we've seen happening when dealing with the Chinese. And that's all for today's China in Focus. But before you go, here's a short glimpse into this Thursday's special report. The Secrets to Life the genetic code of what we eat, and the Chinese regime is stealing it. In this special report, we look at how the Chinese Communist Party has infiltrated American agriculture, what it means here at home, around the world, and how to get to the root of it. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocus at ntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching and see you tomorrow. Every once in a while, something comes along so masterful, it leaves you in awe. So inspiring, it changes your life. So beautiful, you wish it would never end. When that happens, it's something not to be missed. Shen Yun an all-new production every year. The performance was enchanting. I feel better about the world. I feel uplifted. It touches you. It really does. The expertise of the dancers was really, really strong. To know that it was live music was really fantastic. We didn't want to miss this. Make sure you see it. Have to come. Life-changing.